0: Get your Bibles open to the book of Psalms, and as you're getting there, I want to give a couple of announcements. It is good to see my buddy Kevin. He's he's all grown up on us. If you don't know what he looked like before, just go over and check out those pictures. There's a picture of him over there, all small and tiny. And uh, it's good to have Aaron back again tonight, And right here in the middle in the blue. Amen. This is your third time, so you're in trouble, Aaron. Amen. Here's a couple of announcements. We got a, we got a busy month coming up, and uh, I apologize for the heat. I think we're going to have to make some adjustments on when the air comes on to today for this month. Uh, it was good in July, but it's going to be a hot month. It's August, so we'll try to get them on a little earlier. But I'm going to I'm gonna try to cover up those windows. I was praying. I'm here thankful for the Holy Spirit. Amen. He'll give you stuff that's not spiritual sometimes. I was praying, and, and I felt like you said, if you just just the windows up on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, it'll be less hot in here. So I'm going to try to do that on those services. And that those, win- those windows just pull that heat right on in. So uh, sorry about that tonight. And also, we've got a few things coming up. Be in prayer all month for our judgment outreach. Okay, we're going to be going, a group, small group of us just to cast, uh, to the home church At the very end of this month, the last Sunday, we're going to be doing two two outreaches, two uh, presentations. One for Breakaway on Friday and then one for Sunday night. And so just be praying this whole month because the devil always attacks and fights, especially with that judgment play. And we're believing uh, on that Friday night at Breakaway, they'll have three to four hundred people at that service on that Friday night. And that's a ministry that's been going on for about 25 years and there'll be a lot of people struggling with drugs and alcohol and gangs and and people from halfway houses and Comcore coming in from, from uh, jail and all kinds of stuff. So please just be praying all month, and then I, I know there'll be you know th- at least a thousand people there that that Sunday night, and we're going to be believing for a lot of souls to get saved, amen. So just be praying all month for the judgment play and uh, the cast and everything about getting there and and all the stuff that needs to be taken care of. This uh, Saturday, we have Kids Morning Out for the Ladies with Kids at Chick-fil-A on 380 from 10 to 12. Okay, And then we also have uh, Men's Discipleship, which is our once-a-month discipleship uh, that we do on Saturdays. We'll be meeting at Rudy's at 1030. So if you're uh, a, a woman that's got a kid, it's a good way to go get out with your kids Let them play, have some fellowship with some ladies. If you're a man and you've never gone to our discipleship, we talk about a lot of stuff about character and integrity and how to be a godly man. So please come out to that at 1030. Rudy's is just right here on 35. And then also uh, we're going to move our talent night. uh, Usually it's the fifth Sunday. We're going to move it to the 24th. So we need to have a good one. Last time we tried to do it, when we were a lot of us were out of town, it kind of flumped and failed and nothing happened. So We've been having really good talent nights. We need to get back on it again. Start thinking you've got about three weeks, two weeks to get something ready. We need songs, skits, uh, comedy acts, whatever you got. Something, you got talent, amen? amen? Just use it for God's glory, amen? See Laura about that, and uh, we're going to have a good talent night. Then also on the 31st, we're going to have a picnic at the end of the month, believing that it'll be cool enough, amen, by the time August is. How many would love it to be in the 80s by the time August ends? Amen. It has been a pretty good summer, so, but I'll be good to, glad to see it leave. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Psalms chapter 16. If you uh, got my text today or saw on Facebook, I want to talk tonight about the presence of God. Amen. The presence of God. So please get your Bibles open and your notebooks out. Begin to take notes. Remember that all of our messages, thank you to Jeff's hard work are uh online and you can listen to them again and go back and it'd be good to go back and listen to these messages again amen you get it better the second and third and fourth and fifth time if you don't uh, if you know someone who's not saved you can tell them about a message if you know someone who's going through something you can tell them about a message we also have our home church has a podcast uh, vwonow.com and so you can hear Pastor Jones and pastor Paul and you can hear all the pastors in the home church so there's no reason to not be listening to the Word during the week. Amen? And staying filled up. So uh, be, be thinking about that and conscious about that. And that kind of leads into what I want to talk about tonight, about the presence of God. How many would like more of the presence of God in your life? Amen? Amen? That's, a, that's kind of a no-brainer. But how many know that that's not easy all the time to have that? We all want that. We'd all want to just walk constantly, constantly, in the presence of God and just feel His presence all the time. And I believe that we can feel and know and walk in His presence more than we are. Okay, so I want to challenge you tonight as you're listening to pay attention to some things that the Lord's given me to try to help us walk more in the presence of God and be, and I'm going to title this, dedicated to the presence of God. Okay, dedicated to the presence of God. When you're dedicated to something, that means that you're, you're in it. You're committed. Amen. You are willing to do whatever it takes to have the presence of God. And uh, so I want to, I, I, I don't know why the Lord gave me that, but I want to talk about being dedicated to the presence of God. Psalms 16, verse 11. It was the best verse I could find out of many verses that I felt would show, I wanted to talk about it. And it says, David says, you will show me the path of life. And then he says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Okay, in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So, if we want to be the happiest, you know, last Sunday I talked about the joy of of generosity, and if we want to be the happiest men and women we can be, we would be the happiest in the presence of God. Amen. We would be the happiest the closest to God we can get, okay, and it is God's desire to be close to us, let's just get that straight as we begin to move on, God wants greatly to be close to us, he desires it more than we desired it ourselves, and, and that is why God made us, God made us to be with him, he made us to worship him, okay, and, and I, I, this is another thought that came to me while we were worshiping. And, you know, how many, how many will give me permission, and you know I'll do it anyways, but how many will give me permission to just ask you questions that will make you think? And that will make you be better? Better believers, better Christians, have a better walk. And I want to ask you something that you don't have to answer. and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or say yes or anything, but I want you to think about this. As we were worshiping, I thought to myself, And the Lord asked me to ask myself, I wonder how many of us during the week worship God. I'm not asking you to answer. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not asking you to say, I do. I just want you to think about that. Because a, a, a sad statement would be that the only time you worship God all week long would be during our worship services. Okay? Boy, it got quiet in here. Might have hit a nerve. Amen. Um, so I love all kinds of music. I love to listen to all kinds of Christian music because that's all I listen to. So when I say all kinds, I mean Christian. Okay. But there needs to be a lot, not even some time, a lot of time where you're putting on worship music. Amen. And I'm not going to ask you this. I'm going to make a statement. I am a worshiper. I love praise music. I love to clap my hands, and I love to sing and shout, but I'm a worshiper. I love to worship God. Amen. I love to be in my car and put on worship. I love to be at home doing something and put on worship. I love to be here in the church walking around and put on worship. I love to worship. And so the first thing I want to challenge you to think about tonight as we move into this is do you worship God outside of the church? Okay. And if you don't, I challenge you to begin to have some times, just like prayer. It'd be the same thing. If you only prayed when we pray at church, you're going to be in trouble. If you only open the Bible when you're at church, you're going to be in trouble. We have to do these things all week, all the time. Why? Because we love God. We love His Word. We love to pray. We love to talk to Him. We love to worship God. Okay? So just just take that from the Lord tonight that if you're not a worshiper or you're not spending time in worship, God is saying to you tonight through the messenger, start worshiping me. And guess what? My presence will be more evident in your life. Okay? My presence will be more evident when you worship. I want to tell a quick story, an example, an illustration that will help us understand the presence of God tonight. It was a man named D and his uncle Bill. True story. And this man, D, was a young boy when his uncle Bill came to visit for a couple weeks and stay with his family. Seemed like Uncle Bill knew how to win over a young boy and get his affection. He gave him a nickel when he first met him. And D was immediately from that nickel he gave him drawn to his uncle. A few minutes later, as time went by, Bill offered D another nickel. And he said to D, stay close to me. He said it in a way that basically was, stay close to me, and I've got another nickel for you. On the third day, sorry, throughout the day, Dee kept receiving nickels. The next day, Uncle Bill told him that he had a big pocket full of nickels and more in his suitcase, and he could have a nickel anytime he asked. So Dee stayed close to his Uncle Bill. And he was always standing by his side. Everywhere he went in the house, everywhere when they went to visit and to to sightsee, D stayed right by him. And every once in a while, he'd just pull out a nickel and hand it to him. And that kept happening over and over and over again as days went by. On the third day, the boy said to Uncle Bill, as a boy would, as a child would, you know, it would be easier on both of us and save a lot of time if you would just give me all the nickels right now. Just give them to me right now and we don't have to do all this a little bit here, a little bit there because you've already told me you've got a whole bunch of nickels and they're already mine and I can ask anytime I want so I just want to go ahead and get them right now. How I many you know we're a lot like kids? So he immediately reprimanded him asking for that money all at once and Uncle Bill told his mother, sorry, I, I missed the spot there. So, uh, unfortunately for D, his mother was just around the corner and overheard what he was saying. She reprimanded him for asking for that money. And Uncle Bill said, hey, I've given him permission to ask me for money anytime he wants a nickel. It's okay. Then Uncle Bill turned to the boy after he'd asked for all that money at once. And he said this statement, if I give you all the nickels now, you'll no longer come to me. And I want to be your friend, and I want to do things with you, and I want you to be around me. And so that's why I give you nickels every once in a while. And you can relate that story to how God is, that we want all of his presence, we want all of his blessings, we want everything he has for us. But he says, I'm not going to give you everything you ask for all at once, because if I do, then you won't what? Seek me. You won't be with me. You won't stand by my side. And so as you're thinking about your walk tonight, whether this presence of God is really strong or whether it seems like you're in a desert and you haven't felt His presence for a long time, wherever you're at in your walk, you need to ask yourself that question. Maybe God is just allowing me to seek Him because He doesn't want to give it to me all at once. Amen? Amen. This illustrates not only the presence of God, but what prayer means. God wants to be your best friend. We sing that song, I am a friend of God. That really is a scripture, and it really is true. God wants to be your best friend. He wants to be your, 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 your Lord. He wants to be your everything. Amen? So let's, let's think of some Old Testament examples I've written down. And, and, and the Old Testament has some really good ones about God's presence. And there's a, there's a thing that happened about Abraham, for example. I love this because I, have, I can't speak for you, but this is my desire. Abraham's life was so full of the presence of God that the Bible said in Genesis 21 Abimelech said to him, unto Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. How many want the heathen and the people around you in your life to recognize the presence of God on your life? How many want people to see that there's something about you that is not normal and that they don't have? How many know we're going to get people saved a lot faster and people are going to come around to know the Lord a lot quicker if we're living a life full of the presence of God where people are wondering, what is it that you have I don't have? Abraham had that. He's basically saying there's something different about you. And he said, God guides you. He preserves you. He blesses you wherever you go. It doesn't mean a believer doesn't have troubles and problems, but the Bible says that the Lord delivers us from them all. And so you as a believer, if you're walking in the presence of God, you're going to have trials, but you're also going to have a triumphant victory in that trial. And you're going to walk from victory to victory, from glory to glory. And you're going to be in his presence. And people are going to recognize there is something you have I don't have. And I want it. I, I, I can tell you that to me, that would be the greatest thing someone could ever tell me. It would be the greatest testimony I could ever have is that someone would watch my life, look at my life, look at my family, look at me and just say, I don't know what it is that you have, but I look at you and I see something different in your life that I don't have and I want to know what it is. How many would just love people to ask you that question? And you'd be so glad to say, I'm so glad you asked. And you'd be able to tell them, it's God. It's God. It's nothing about me. It's not my job. It's not my career. It's not my house. It's not my things. It's God. It's God in my life. God promised Joshua. If you remember in the Bible, that no enemy could stand against him when God's presence was with him. No enemy could stand. Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. If you'll just take notes, I'll run through some of these verses without... Taking the time to look at him. He said to him, there shall not be any man able to stand before you. Watch this. All the days of your life. Oh, I don't know. Y'all must not have heard what I just said. Because that got me excited. He said to Joshua, there shall not be any man. That means no weapon that's going to be formed against you can prosper. He says, there'll be no man able to stand before you. And that would have been good for one promise. But he said, all the days of your life, amen, all the days of your life, nobody is going to be able to stand against you. He says, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. When God's spirit and his presence is in our life, we can be strong and courageous And it doesn't matter what enemy we're facing. And you can only get that understanding and belief through experience. You can listen to a message and you can want that. But you might know tonight for yourself what it is to walk in the presence of God so strong that you've seen your enemies fall by your side. Here's another one. How many have heard the stories of Gideon? Right? Gideon was a mighty man. But here's the thing, and this is just to encourage some of you tonight that might not walk in the presence of God like you'd like to. And I'm, I just admit it from the very beginning, I want to be more in the presence of God. There's no man or woman that's going to say, I've, I've just, I, I need to get away from God for a little bit because His presence is just too good and I just need a little break. Okay? You might need that from a spouse, a family member, a friend, someone else, but not God. There's no break I want from God. I want more of God and I want everything he has for me and I want to walk in his presence. Gideon was a person that we know did a great exploits and we know the stories. But do you realize at the beginning of his ministry, he was very timid, very timid, very scared. And so you might be that person tonight that you want to witness, but you're afraid. You want to clap your hands, but you're afraid. You want to shout, but you're afraid. You want to tell someone about Jesus, but you're afraid. It is nothing you're lacking less than the presence of God in your life. Get more of the presence of God in your life, and you're going to have more boldness. You're going to have more strength. God told Gideon these words in Judges 6. The Lord is with you. Watch this. Mighty man of valor. Let me tell you something tonight to give you some understanding about the Bible. God speaks over you, not what you are, but what he wants you to be. Amen. Amen. God speaks over you, not what you are, but what he believes you can be. You see that in these words. He's telling Gideon, the Lord is with you. He said, saying, I am with you, okay? And that should be enough. All I need tonight is God to say, I'm with you. I don't know about you. I don't need anybody else to tell me I'm okay. If God tells me I'm good, I'm good. I just need God to tell me I'm okay. I just need God to tell me I'm with me. And if he does that, there's no weapon that any person can bring up against me. There's nobody that can bring me down. And he says, I'm with you. And he says, mighty man of valor. So he was speaking faith over Gideon. Gideon's probably thinking, what are you talking about? You're talking to the wrong person. Is there another Gideon? Or are you, or are you, are you wrong? No, he was speaking over what he was going to be. Because he knew Gideon was going to accept his presence. Now go real quick. I do want you to see this to Judges chapter 6. Just real quick. I, I forgot where we started off in Psalms. But you're in the Old Testament. Just go to Judges chapter 6. Right there in the beginning. J- Joshua judges Ruth. That's how I remember those verses. Joshua judged Ruth. I don't know what he judged her for, but that's the order. Joshua judges Ruth. Okay? Say amen when you get there. I want you to see this because I think this is the area where a lot of us are. We're timid. We don't think we're worthy of the presence of God. We don't think we're good enough for the presence of God. We don't think we can have the presence of God in our lives. So I want you to relate to Gideon tonight. He says in verse 12, say amen if you're there. The, Lord, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said these words that I just read. Verse 12, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon responds to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened To us. You know what I want you to see tonight? That it's okay to talk to God and ask Him questions. What you really need to do, what I really need to do, what we really need to do is not go ask somebody else, why is God not moving in my life? Why are things not working like I want them to work? Why, and we go to people, why don't you go to God and say, God, why are things not working out in my life the way they should? Thank you for that one lonely amen. Are y'all hearing me? He says right here in the word, he's talking to the angel of the Lord and says, "Why, if, if, if you're saying what you're saying, then why isn't things working out the way you say they're going to work out? I don't feel like much of a man of valor you can say that to God. God, okay, I'm listening to you, but I don't really believe this. Why is this happening? And he says, where are all the miracles which our father told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord, and he says a statement, has forsaken us. And delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Do I have any honest people in here tonight? Let me see honest hands. Just say, I try to be honest. If you're honest tonight, how many have many times in your life felt, felt, Like God was not around. Like God was a little busy. Like God was somewhere else. Like God didn't love you anymore. All of us have. All of us have. Gideon did. He says, hey, where you at? You've forsaken me. You have delivered me into the hands of the Midianites. But how many are thankful for a church service, a message, a sermon, a word from God that gives you some new hope and some new breath and some new life that says, I am with you. I have not left you. I have not forsaken you. Amen. A visitation of the presence of God where you say, OK, there he is. There you are, God. Thank you, Jesus. Then he says in verse 14, watch this. The Lord, the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. He's not talking about Gideon's power. He's talking about now Gideon understands that's the presence of the Lord that is going to change his life. And he says, you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. He says, have I not sent you? Okay, have I not sent you? If God tells you to do something, He will go with you. If God asks you to go somewhere, He's not going to send you off on your own. So when you know that God has said go, you go. Then we sing the song tonight, Be bold, be strong, For the Lord thy God is with you. Amen. I am not afraid. I am not dismayed. I'm walking in faith and victory. I'm going to run to the mountains. Amen. There's a boldness there because I know that if God said go, he's going to go with me. Amen. Amen. But we have to have the attitude that, that uh, uh, Moses had when he said, if your presence does not go with me, I'm not going. Amen. How many know we need to be more in the presence of God? In just a few minutes, I'm believing and have been believing all day that we're going to feel and receive and be visited By the presence of God. Amen. Amen. We're going to leave different than when we came in. God is going to visit us tonight with his presence. You know what? God wants to visit us tonight. God wants to visit us Sunday. God wants to visit us every service we have. If we can have some people that will come expecting and believing him to move. Don't we want to be in a place, in a church? In a, in a worship service where when people walk in that have never walked in before and they leave, they don't really talk about the song service or the message or anything else. They said God's presence was in that place. Isn't that what we really want? That people would say, I don't remember the message. I don't remember the songs, but I know God was there. I can't speak for you, but that's my desire for every service. I don't care if they remember what I preached. I don't care if they remember what I looked like. I don't care if they remember anything else but that they leave knowing God visited them. That's what we need to contend for. Now let me ask you another question. How would you like God to tell you to go somewhere and do something for you and then after he... Actually, just stop there. How many would like God to tell you to go do something? I would. I want to hear him tell me. I've heard him before, I've done some things, he's told me some things, I've gone some places, he's used me, and, I, and I've heard his voice, and that's cool. It's like that whole thing where I asked if you died for someone, if you knew they'd receive it, and you've got, you know, 500 people, 500 people be say, well, what if I told you that God was going to ask you to go do something, and go somewhere, and when you got there, he also told you that nobody was going to listen to you. We wouldn't be quite so excited to say, I'll go, send me, Amen. It's one of those things, again, where I say, hey, if I tell you to go somewhere and 50 people are going to get saved, you would probably go no matter how far it is, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how much it costs you, because 50 people are going to get saved. But if I tell you again now, I want you to go to that same place, and not only are they not going to get saved, they are going to reject you, make fun of you, laugh at you, spit on you, yell at you. They're going to having nothing with it. How many know the hands would go down? right that happened to jeremiah that happened to jeremiah in the book of chapter 15 of jeremiah god promised him to he said i want you to go and he says when you go in chapter 15 they're going to reject you i want you to go preach to them but hey they're going to say no they are going to just laugh at you and reject you go and jeremiah goes okay this is going to be fun but he went And when he got there, he went with a promise because God will always give you a promise. Okay? he's that's what I like about God, though. He could have said, hey, Jeremiah, it's going to go real good. And when you get there, you'll find out different. But he told him the truth. It's kind of like I talk about a lot with Jesus. I love that Jesus is so straightforward with us. I love that Jesus said, hey, follow me. And I got heaven waiting for you. But before you get to heaven, it's going to be hard. I like that he's straightforward. I like that he says you're going to have to give up your life if you want to live. If you're going to have to want to live, you're going to have to die. Amen? I like that he's straightforward. And so he's straightforward with Jeremiah. And he says to Jeremiah in 15, 20, 21, I'll make you to this people a fortified bronze wall. They will fight against you. But they will not prevail against you. For I am with you to save you and to deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible. You need to get in your life a place, understanding, and a spirit that you know that God is not going to fail you. God cannot fail, God cannot lie. He's good, and He loves you, and He will be there in the worst parts of your life. And it's in sometimes the worst parts of your life that you recognize, experience, and feel the presence of God the strongest. Amen. Amen. It's in those difficult times that you really feel His presence. If everything's good, it's easy to miss or not even need the presence of God. Tell someone right next to you, I want more of the presence of God. I just want to show you one more thing tonight we need to recognize. Is that it's God's presence that gives us favor. But there's a condition always with God. Okay? God wants to fill us with his presence. He wants to give us his favor. But there's always something God asks for from us. Later on, as homework, you can read 2 Chronicles 14. You can write it down. But I'm going to read 15 in a second. And I'm going to begin to close. But in in 2 Chronicles 14, King Asa has led the armies of Judah against the enemy, against the Ethiopians at this time. And he has defeated an army of over one million men. That's a lot. Okay, he has won a battle. He has won a victory, as we see many times in the Old Testament. But there was a key to that, and it says in in chapter 14 of 2 Chronicles, I'm going to read one verse. Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it's nothing for you to help. Whether with many or with those who have no power, he says, help us, Lord. For we, watch this, for we rest on you. For we rest on you. If you don't get anything else out of this message, say to the Lord tonight, I depend on you. I rest in you, God. Amen? Listen, it's great to have a good marriage. It's great to have friends around you. It's great to have a good church family. It's great to have all the things around you that can strengthen you and have good relationships and good friendships. But if you're going to make it with God, you need to learn to know and love and live In the presence of God, where no man is, where no friend is, where no enemy is, where nobody else is around, you run to God. You run to God. He says, we rest on you. And in your name we go against this multitude, O Lord. You are God. Don't let man prevail against you. So the Lord, the Bible says, struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Here is the condition in 2 Chronicles 15, 1-4 if you'd like to read it or write it down. Here's the condition of the presence of God. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said, Hear me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. Watch this. The Lord is with you while you are with Him. Condition. The Lord is with you while you are with Him. So, this kind of goes back to what I started with in the very beginning. How much presence of God do you have in your life during the week? How much time do you spend? The more you spend in the presence of God, the more you worship, the more you change that genre of music that's maybe nothing wrong with it, but it's not worshiping God, it's just kind of filling time and you get to a place where you're worshiping the Lord, and there's praise on your lips, and there's a spirit of adoration, in those times, God is more closer to you. He says, draw unto me, and I will draw near unto you. So if there's a problem tonight with the spirit and the presence of God in your life, it is very likely that you have moved away from Him, and He is waiting for you to draw unto Him, and He will draw unto you. The Lord is with you while you are with Him. that's verse uh, 1, sorry, 2. He says, here's the condition, if. See, condition, if means condition. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. Okay? But if you forsake Him, condition, if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. Condition. Okay, so if you run from His presence then He can't be with you. You run to His presence, His arms are open wide. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest. I'm reading verse 3 of 2 Chronicles 15. Without a teaching priest and without law. Verse 4. But when in their trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought Him. He was found by them. Ask yourself this question tonight do I run to the presence of God because I'm in trouble? Or do I run to the presence of God because I want to spend time with Him? Ask yourself that question. Do I turn worship music on because I'm hurting and I need a band-aid? Or do I turn worship music on because I love God and I want to spend time with Him and I want to worship Him? Only you, only I, only we individually can answer that question? Can not answer it for your son? You can't answer it for your daughter. You can't answer it for your spouse. You can't answer it for me. I can't answer it for you. Only you can answer that for you. Do you run to God because of your circumstances, or do you run to God because you love Him? The key to all this is I finalize: is we must continue to seek God's presence. We need to continue. Meaning, that's what the verse, what the text was in the beginning. Dedicated. Are you dedicated to the presence of God? Are you dedicated to God moving in your life? Are you dedicated to God seeing you fulfill the plan He has for your life? Amen? Let me give you a couple more verses tonight. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, But from there you will seek the Lord your God, I just got ahead of myself on this. You will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him. Here's another condition. If. What? How many know this verse. If you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Okay, so this even goes deeper than what I've been talking about. If I'm seeking God, if I say, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the TV off. I'm gonna, instead of watching TV, I'm going to spend some time with you. Instead of listening to some talk radio, I'm going to turn some worship on. Or I'm just going to turn the radio off and I'm going to spend some time with you. Even if I do that and I begin to say, I'm going to worship God a little bit. I'm going to spend some time in his presence. Even if I do that, it still goes back to if I'm really there or not. Am I really there? Don't look at me like a cow looks at a new gate. Amen? That means I can say, hey, honey, let's sit down and talk. And we can both get on our cell phones and look at some kind of, some kind of social media. And we're together, but we're not really there. Oh, that hit another nerve. I'm just trying to explain that sometimes we can have some worship music on. As a background, but we're not really worshiping because we're not really thinking about Him. We're not really there with all our heart and all our soul. And we wonder sometimes why we don't feel the presence of God because we're too busy. Mom, this is what God called me to do challenge us. We're busy. Have you worshipped? Again, don't raise your hand. Have you worshipped? Have you been in the presence of God? This, have you been in the presence of God since Sunday by yourself? God established the church that we would come together as a body and we would be in the presence of God all together and that, that He would visit us and there's a corporate power that you cannot get by yourself. Okay? It's, it, it, that's super important. But there is a power that God wants you to have that is personal. That no man, woman situation can rob you of. And if you really think about it tonight, if I read that verse again, from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find it. Deuteronomy four twenty nine. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Meaning basically, I will give back to you what you give to me. As you seek me, to what depths you go, as to, to, the, to every inch you push in more, to me, I will come closer to you. And the closer you get, the closer I get. The more you spend, the more I spend. He wants to, but there's an if and it's us. I've always known, I'll never forget the man who led me to the Lord. He always told me, you have to pay a price. If you want the anointing of God, you want to see God move, you have to spend time in prayer with God. I know that I will only see God move in my life according to the time I dedicate to the presence of God. You don't feel like you're seeing your children move. You don't feel like you're seeing your life change. You don't feel like you're seeing your family saved. You don't feel like you're seeing all these things. God says, hey, I'm waiting on you to dedicate yourself to me and I'll move. I'm a God who has no lack of power. I'm not limited, only limited by you. Isn't that interesting that we're the ones who limit God? Proverbs eight seventeen says, I love those who love me. So some would say, I thought God loved everybody. This is deeper than that. This is deeper than a general love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He he loves everybody. But what he's saying here is my presence will be with those who love my presence. Amen. I I feel like three or four people are going to get this tonight. I believe it. Amen. I feel like somebody is getting this. I hope. I hope. I love those who love me. And then he says, And those who seek me diligently will find me. Not those who seek me on the surface. We have a generation and a world of surface Christians. Surface Christians. Worship God in church. Again, just let me stay on that. Worship God at church. Worship God during church. But Sunday through Thursday through Friday through Saturday, no worship, no consecration, no dedication. I hope I'm not talking to anybody in here. I'm just talking general, superficial, surface Christians in God's desire. And he understands work. He understands hobbies. He he understands all that. He made us. But remember, while we're busy, he's not. All he wants is to spend time with us. Come on, get that. He's not too busy for us, we're just too busy for him. It's not that he's like, well, hey, I'm busy right now trying to save somebody else. He has plenty of time, he's omnipresent, all-powerful, omniscient. He's everywhere at every time, at every place, at every moment, at every second. He's with you and me and everybody else as much as we want. There's no limitation, it's us. God will move and the presence of God will be here depending on how much we seek him. And Those who diligently, that goes back to dedicate, dedicated to the presence of God. Write this down. I won't, I won't make you go to it, but just have it in your notes. Because it says the same thing Proverbs 8, 17 says. Jeremiah 29, 12 to 14, he says, again, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Amen. How often do I seek him? First Chronicles sixteen eleven. I'll ask the musicians to come. Says, seek the Lord and His strength, and seek His presence continually. Yes. Continually, amen. amen. As much as you can, continually. You know, if you're somebody who works at a place in corporate world or a place where you uh, are not allowed to listen to any kind of music, or you're at a desk or there's limitations in your workplace and you're saturated all day long with not being able to spend time in the presence of God. How much more do you need to find time to spend time with Him when you're not at work? Right? So if I'm 9 to 5, sitting at a desk, working at a bank, working at some store, doing something, working, 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 and I don't have any availability to talk to God uh, as far as, as listening to worship or, or, or praying or, or just being alone with Him. I have to think about Him while I'm at work and all that. I need to make sure when I get off, I'm on my way home and I'm trying to spend some time with God. So His presence will be with me. Amen? We can't do it just here at church. So.